welcome to the Justin Peters program, where we're searching the scriptures to see if these things are so, studying to show ourselves approved, rightfully dividing the word of truth so that we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here's your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you are doing well. hope that this finds you and your family well. hope that you are growing in the Lord. And I uh, hope that maybe you are even being persecuted a little bit, at least some soft persecution. We're unlikely to experience hard persecution in this country anytime soon anyway. But uh, all of us, if we are living godly in Christ Jesus, should be experiencing at least on occasion from time to time a little bit of soft persecution all for his glory. Not that we want to seek it out or anything like that, but if we are living godly in Christ Jesus, it will come. Sooner or later, it will come. Well, I want to begin today, and I want to do a little bit of a um, follow-up from last week's program. You remember that last week I discussed the situation with Alex Malarkey. Alex Malarkey is the boy who supposedly co-wrote the book entitled The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven. And I say supposedly because he, in fact, did not co-write it. His father, Kevin, wrote it. Uh, At any rate, as almost all of you undoubtedly know, Alex wrote an open letter to Lifeway last week in which he said that he did not go to heaven. And in spite of over three years of efforts from both Alex and his mother Beth to get the truth out, their efforts were in vain. Their pleas went ignored. That is, until this letter was posted and it went, it went viral. A big time went viral. Lifeway put out a statement when this story broke in which it said that it, meaning Lifeway, found out about Alex's recantation only after the letter was released uh, when everybody else found out about it. And I discussed last week how this is a lie. This is a lie, and I proved this to be a lie by releasing some of the emails exchanged between myself and Tom Rayner, the president and CEO of Lifeway. Uh, I told Tom Rayner in an email back in May of last year, 2014, that the story of Alex Malarkey was false. Uh, I have tried to show Tom Rayner and Tom Hellams and Ed Stetzer and the others, um, the other uppity ups at Lifeway for years, I've uh, been trying to tell them about the unbiblical nature of not only Alex Malarkey's book, but of all such heaven tourism accounts. I've been, I've, I've shown them my research, I've discussed it with them in, in a person and also in emails for a long, long time. And yet he and Lifeway were incalcitrant to the biblical truth. And I figured, well, if he could not understand the theology, which is a sad comment, honestly, if um, it doesn't take a great deal of Bible knowledge, doesn't take a great deal of theological understanding to know that all of these accounts are uh, fallacious, they are unbiblical, they are at odds with biblical truth. But I figured, well, if he can't understand that for whatever reason, if he can't understand the theology, maybe he could understand some simple, cold, hard facts. And so in May of 2014, I emailed Tom Rayner 
And uh, I told him that I had spoken with Beth Malarkey. She called me, and uh, we exchanged a number of emails and uh, talked on the phone on a couple of occasions. So I, I, I told him that uh, Beth Malarkey and, and Alex are have been trying to get the truth out of this story for some time. They've been telling people that these accounts are not true. And in one of my emails, I'll read this email to you. I read it last week, but just as a little recap, I told Tom Rayner, I said, For what it is worth, take me out of the equation. I do not want any recognition if Lifeway pulls these resources. I will go on no victory laps. I just don't want people to be to be deceived any longer, Tom. I said, That's it. God always honors obedience. If Lifeway pulls these resources, God will honor that. If not, well, you know the word as well, if not better than I. And uh, and, uh, anyway, I said, uh, at least my conscience is clear. I pray for you in Lifeway. I do. Uh, Regards, Justin. And then the P.S. It's a lengthy P.S., but this is what I wrote right uh, right underneath my name, looking at it right now. I said, P.S. If you are not already aware, the book, The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven, detailing the story of Alex Malarkey is fiction. It did not happen. I know this because I have exchanged numerous emails and have had personally little... uh, grammatical faux pas there, but as I said, have had personally spoken with Beth Malarkey, Alex's mom. Alex does not support the book. His mom tells me that his father, Kevin, is exploiting his own son for financial gain, but is not financially supporting his son with the profits of the book. She is doing everything she can to get the truth out. You might want to pull this, too, if you haven't already. I know Lifeway used to sell it. I will be glad to give you Miss Malarkey's phone number and email address if you would like to verify that I am telling you the truth. And uh, I said in that P.S., I said, uh, you might want to pull this, too, if you haven't already, because I'd been in a couple of Lifeway stores, and I had not seen the book on the shelf. I was told that they they could uh, order it in, but I did not see it in the particular one or two Lifeway stores that I, that I looked at shortly before I wrote this email. I had seen it in others so I, beforehand, so I wasn't sure if maybe they had ended up pulling this book, but in case they had not, I, I put this uh, lengthy P.S., and I told Tom Rayner that, in fact, um, Beth and Alex are trying to get the truth out and have been for a long time. So, And I know Tom Rayner gets my emails because he responds to me. He's not responding to me anymore, interestingly, but uh, I know he did get this. So when Lifeway came out uh, shortly, maybe the day after the story with Alex Malarkey broke, when they came out and made this statement that I discussed in last week's program, that they just found out that they just found out, they were just informed this week about Alex Alex Malarkey's uh, recantation of his account. Uh, that is a lie. That is a lie. Uh, Lifeway and the the powers that be at Lifeway are lying. There's no sugarcoating it. Uh, there's no um, there's no way to get around it, dear ones. They are lying because I told them myself. Now, uh, shortly after this. Lifeway made another statement. Uh, the director of communications for Lifeway went on, his name is Marty King, went on Jet, Janet Mefford's program, radio program, and uh, Lifeway provided a statement to Janet Mefford 
And the statement reads this. Now, this is after, this is after Lifeway made their initial statement in which they said they were just informed. They just found out about Malarkey's statement. So here's, here's a, a, a later statement. Lifeway says this. Lifeway was informed this week that Alex Malarkey has retracted his testimony about visiting heaven as told in the book, The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven. Therefore, we have returned to the publisher the few copies we had in our stores. Now, that statement they had made word for word uh, previously in their, in their initial statement. But in this statement that they gave to Janet Mefford, they continue. And uh, Marty King, the director of corporate communications and spokesman for Lifeway Christian Resources, says this. He continues. He says, Lifeway is committed to becoming even more proactive in the next few months in evaluating the resources we carry. So Lifeway doubled down on their lie. They doubled down on their lie. And uh, dear friends, that is that is not good. This is not what you would expect to see from genuine Christians. This is not what you would expect to see from from people who truly hold up biblical truth as uh, their their most important priority. Uh, what what drives them? This is not something that you would expect from uh, people who who care more about the spiritual well-being of their customers than they do money, who care more about the glory and honor of God than they do money. They doubled down on their lie, and they reiterated again that they said they just found out about it. And uh, this statement that Lifeway is committed to becoming even more proactive in the next few months in evaluating the resources we carry. I seriously doubt that. I seriously doubt that because, you know, actions speak louder than words. And uh, I have I have communicated with Lifeway for years about these heaven tourism books, about uh, issues with, uh, for example, the shack that uh, Lifeway continues to sell with uh, them selling books by T.D. Jakes, who is a word of faith preacher, prosperity gospel preacher, who is in fact a modalist, who does not even believe in the Trinity. And as such, he is not a Christian. Uh, The God of the Bible is a triune God. And if you do not believe in that triune God, then you do not believe in the God of the Bible and therefore are not a Christian. And so T.D. Jakes is not a Christian. He is a false convert, we could say. Uh, he is a false teacher for certain. And Lifeway continues to sell his books. So um, uh, we shall see how much more proactive Lifeway becomes. I, I have no reason to think that they will. If they do become a bit more proactive, it is only now, it is only because they have now been exposed. It is only, it is only because their feet are finally being held to the fire and it's it's more out in the open people are more aware now of the deception and the the bad theology that lifeway is peddling so even if they do do it it is only because they are being forced to do it and so that that speaks uh, the even if lifeway does become more proactive even if lifeway should pull some of the other theological garbage that they sell uh, for example don piper 90 Minutes in Heaven, Colton Burpo, uh, Heaven is for Real, uh, T.D. Jakes books, and uh, honestly, Rick Warren, 
books are also full of unbiblical theology. Uh, we could talk, in fact, I'm going to talk about in just a minute here about Beth Moore, some issues there. But um, even if Lifeway does, now I guarantee you Lifeway is not going to pull Beth Moore. They, they won't do that because that would really be slitting their own throats. But even if they, even if they did, yeah, please do not think uh, they are doing it because they care about you. Please do not think they are doing it because they care about the spiritual well-being of their customers. Uh, please do not think they're doing it because uh, they care for the honor and the glory and uh, reputation of God. That is not why, and, and uh, because they, it, it, their their track record speaks for itself. Uh, if they do this, it will only become, be because they are being forced to do it. Uh, so Lifeway doubling down on their lies, doubling down, saying that we did not know, that is untrue. That is a lie. So uh, I, I, I do encourage you not to uh, not to shop at Lifeway. You can find good, solid biblical resources in other locations. You can go on Amazon.com. You can uh, go to uh, some of your some of the uh, websites of your doctrinally sound preachers out there. Uh, so you can you can do business other than at Lifeway because uh, by giving Lifeway money when every time you buy a book at Lifeway and, and I will say I've bought some good books at Lifeway I, I have but I'm going to rethink that because um, you know I've, I've bought some a couple books for example by John MacArthur one of my favorite preachers I bought some of those at Lifeway but uh, I'm not going to do that anymore I'm going to go elsewhere to get my uh, Christian resources because I do not want to uh, contribute to uh, the the peddling of of bad theology and every time you buy something at Lifeway part of that money goes to support Lifeway's overall um, um, a machine, if you will, and and so I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to go elsewhere to get my good, um, biblically sound resources. And uh, continuing with this theme of questionable things that Lifeway sells, I do want to discuss Beth Moore with you a little bit. And uh, I had actually planned on doing this last week until this story about Alex Malarkey uh, exploded onto the uh, uh, the news scene, both evangelical news and uh, news around the world. But uh, the reason I wanted to talk about Beth Moore is because just before the story with Alex Malarkey broke, there's quite a little dust up regarding Beth Moore. Beth Moore was uh, she received a comment from a young lady named Jessica on her I believe it was her Facebook page or blog something like that but anyway uh, this young woman named Jessica uh, called Beth Moore a false teacher and Beth Moore saw that and long story short uh, contacted uh, Jessica and uh, I got a, a text Late at night in in, uh, in our uh, RV, this was shortly before we got out of our RV, so I get this text late at night from uh, a man who introduced himself as Briar, B-R-I-A-R, and he told me that he his wife Jessica had... Um, uh, Became involved, became involved in a uh, conversation with Beth Moore. Beth Moore reached out to her. Uh, they, they exchanged some emails, and Briar was needing some help in uh, what to say to Beth Moore. And so all of this to say, uh, I, I told Briar some, some things to ask Beth Moore uh, specifically 
uh, who she considers to be a false teacher because Beth Moore did acknowledge in some of these emails to Jessica. And Beth Moore, for uh, let me preface it all this, Beth Moore was apparently really shocked that somebody would refer to her as a, as a false teacher, especially a 22-year-old young woman with when Beth Moore is in her upper 50s, I believe. And so it really um, shocked her. And so she began to, she and Jessica began to email and Beth was trying to explain to her why she is not a false teacher and uh, why such accusations can cause a lot of damage. And true, they can cause a lot, a lot of damage if they are made unwisely. But uh, anyway, Briar needed some help. He wanted some advice from me as to how to, uh, to was what to say to Beth Moore in one of their in their email that they were about to write to her because they got the sense that this exchange, this back and forth with Beth Moore was about to come to an end. And so I talked with Briar for quite a little while on the phone, a a very nice young man, very polite and very cordial. And um, anyway, Briar and Jessica ended up releasing uh, these emails, did not give out Beth Moore's email address, which I'm, I'm glad that they did not. Beth Moore requested that they do not that they would not do that, and so they did not. But they did release the content of the emails, and uh, so it's out there. It's, I'm not reading anything that's that's not out there already. So uh, I want to read this to you, and, and I think this this statement from Beth Moore uh, speaks volumes. It kind of gets to the heart of the matter as to why uh, many people refer to her as a false teacher, and sadly, I have been forced to that same position. It is not a position that I take lightly. It's not a position uh, calling Beth Moore a false teacher is not anything that I relish at at all. I wish it were not so, but there's been so much with Beth Moore. I I, I feel like um, that's the only conclusion to which I can come, and uh, it's the only way to describe her. One of the questions that Jessica had for Beth is how does she justify her repeated claims of hearing from God, God speaking to her, and even God telling her to write these things down, which he supposedly says to her. And just to read to you an excerpt from Jessica, one of Jessica's emails to Beth, Jessica says this, Quote, my goal in any of this conversation is that you would provide for all of us a sufficient biblical explanation for your visions and private revelations, especially ones that don't line up in God's Word. If you have a study for that, I would prayerfully complete it. If you have a biblical explanation, I will take them, uh, take them time or take time to examine every piece and give you the opportunity to bring me to your level of understanding. To this point, the only response I get when questioning someone's private experience is that knowledge of Scripture doesn't define subjective experience with the quote-unquote Holy Spirit. Uh, If the Bible isn't the standard by which to judge these things truthfully, then I want to know what is. I'm open to anything you have to say and plan to test everything to the Word of God. In this discussion, if I am understanding something wrong, I am willing to hear uh, what it is supposed to say or what she meant to say. Thank you for your time, Jess. And Beth Moore responds, and she says this. She says, Dear Jessica, thank you for writing me back. I read every sentence with much attention and interest and with thanksgiving to God. I can tell you are a mighty young woman of God, and I am thankful for you and for your love for Him. 
uh, your email helped me better understand where you are coming from. I believe that the issue is primarily about these special revelations, as they are called. And, okay, now here's here's the statement I really want you to listen to, dear friends. I want you to, to, to listen to this. This gets to the heart of the, the fundamental misunderstanding, the fundamental uh, problem with Beth Moore. She, Beth Moore says, One reason I wish you had more familiarity with the studies is that you would at least know that I hold nothing, no word, no dream, no message, anywhere near the authoritative word of God. Now, this is the primary issue, dear ones, because Beth Moore has, and it's it's undisputable, it, it is, it's out there for public record, she has on many occasions claimed that God speaks to her. Uh, God gives her uh, visions, uh, like pictures in her mind that are authoritative. God has given her words, has given, has made statements to her, and even at, at least on, on one occasion, and, and I, I think more of at least one that I know of for certain, because it's on YouTube, and it's video I've got at my seminar, actually. But he says, now, Beth, you write this one. This is God speaking. Now, Beth, you write this one down, and you speak it as often as I give you utterance to speak it. Now, if that is happening, if God is speaking to Beth Moore and she is writing down what he is saying, then she is writing scripture. It's the same problem with Sarah Young in the book Jesus Calling. Sarah Young makes the exact same claim. She claims that Jesus speaks to her and she writes down what he says. Beth Moore has made the same statements and she claims that God speaks to her regularly and yet Beth Moore I really do not think she understands the gravity of what she is claiming because she says it right here uh, she says that I hold nothing no word no dream no message anywhere near the authoritative word of God now my question for Beth Moore is why not why not Dear friends, God cannot speak less authoritatively on one occasion than he does on another. If God is speaking, God is speaking. God cannot speak more authoritatively in, on one occasion than he does on another. Sometimes you hear people ask the question, are there things that God cannot do? Yes, there are. Oh, I thought God was all-powerful. He could, he's omnipotent. He can do anything. There are limits to that. God, there are things God cannot do. God cannot lie. God cannot be tempted. God cannot sin. God cannot act in any way that is contrary to his nature. And God uh, cannot speak less authoritatively on one occasion than he does on another. As I said, if God is speaking, God is speaking. So when she says that no word, no dream, no message that she gets outside of the Bible. When God speaks to her in a word, he speaks to her in a dream, he speaks to her in some message. Uh, she says she does not hold this anywhere near the authoritative word of God. She doesn't understand what revelation is. Uh, she, she's got a fundamental misunderstanding. I really don't think she understands this. Because if God is speaking to her, that should be just as authoritative 
as John 3.16, as Romans 10.9 and 10, as Ephesians 2.8.9. Take your pick. It should be just as authoritative as any verse in the Bible. If God is speaking, God is speaking. And see, this is something that Beth Moore does not understand. I really, I, I think she genuinely does not get it. And and that's a problem, dear friends, because Beth Moore, by her own admission, uh, she says, she, in fact, right here in the email, she says uh, that this uh, seeking Christ Jesus through the Word of God has been her life work for 30 years. If Beth Moore does not understand this, if, if she does not understand that when God speaks, it is just as authoritative as anything he has said in Scripture, if she does not understand that, that that's a problem. For someone who has been studying God's Word for over 30 years and teaching it for, I don't know, at least 20 or so, give or take, then then, then that's a problem. Uh, she is... Uh, she is woefully lacking in her understanding of of the Bible, in her understanding of how the Bible came to be, in her understanding of what revelation is. I mean, tell Jeremiah that uh, no word, no message from God is anywhere near uh, the rises anywhere near to the same authoritative level as that of Scripture. Uh, tell that to Jeremiah. Tell that to Isaiah. Tell that to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, the Apostle John. Uh, tell that to Moses. It, that is what Scripture is. That That is Scripture. God gave uh, these messages, these words, to these men of old, and they were recorded as authoritative. They were recorded as Scripture. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 uh, speaks very clearly to that. And so that Beth Moore does not understand this is a that's a big deal. That is a big deal, and this is not uh, something that we would expect from somebody to have been a who has been a uh, student of God's Word for over three decades and and has been teaching it publicly for at least give or take two decades. And and so it's not. See, another problem though is that much of what God seems to say to Beth Moore is unbiblical. One of the things that God spoke to her and showed her was a vision of the church. And this vision of the church includes Roman Catholicism. And Roman Catholicism is completely antithetical to the gospel. It is diametrically opposed to the gospel of Christ. And yet God spoke to Beth and told her that Roman Catholicism is within uh, historical Christianity, and, and that just is not true. So, what is a false prophet? What is a false teacher? Someone who claims that God has spoken to them when he has not. Someone who claims that God has spoken to them, and yet what he has supposedly spoken is in direct contradiction to God's already revealed word. That is what a false teacher is. And this is something that Beth Moore, unfortunately, has done on a number of occasions. And um, I've been warning people about Beth Moore for uh, some time, but I've been kind of reluctant to call her a false teacher. But what really pushed me over the edge and uh, what has, I think, forced me to to uh, come to that uh, statement publicly is that Beth Moore continues in a 
in a downward slope. Uh, she is not going in the right direction. She is going in the wrong direction. And Beth Moore has, for example, recently recorded uh, at least two television programs with Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer clearly is a false teacher. She is word of faith. And yet Beth Moore has been on Joyce Meyer's program and has just had nothing but praise for Joyce Meyer. And Beth Moore calls her a great woman of God. Beth Moore says, I give you my esteem. And, and I mean, it was just a love fest. I'm sure you can look at it on YouTube. Look up Beth Moore and Joyce Meyer. And Beth Moore just lavished on the praise uh, for Joyce Meyer. And, and so it's it's so many things like this. And so that's that's why I've been forced to, to call Beth Moore a false teacher, because I think that is I think that is what she is. Uh, I do pray for Beth Moore. Uh, I wish that she would would stop and uh, she needs to to stop her uh, public ministry because she is leading many people astray. She is leading a lot of women astray, even if she doesn't know that. And you know what? She may well not know that. But I, a person can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. And so Beth Moore may well be sincere. I'm not going to pass any judgment on her sincerity one way or the other. I can only make an evaluation, an objective evaluation uh, from Scripture and what I see in her public ministry. And dear one, she is uh, definitely going the wrong way. Beth Moore was confronted about her mysticism, hearing from God, almost 10 years ago, right at 10 years ago, when she was part of a DVD series entitled Be Still. And she was confronted about her the mysticism that she was engaging in. And to her credit, Beth Moore uh, said, "Whoa, I'm you know this is paraphrasing." But she said, "Whoa, I'm, I'm sorry. I did not realize that's what it was. Never crossed my mind this was mysticism." And to her credit, she backed away. But since then, in the years since then, she has gone right back into the same error and has even gone further in that error. And so I'm forced to call Beth Moore a false teacher. And interestingly, going back to Jessica, Jessica asked Beth Moore in one of the, in fact, the last email that she sent to Beth Moore, she asked Beth Moore whom she believes is a false teacher. Jessica says to Beth, she says, Beth, I really only have one last question that I believe would bring a lot of your challengers to a better understanding. I have heard you mention that there are false teachers. That's wonderful. I believe the Bible is clear that we are to expose and avoid these people. I know because of this conversation you would disagree that you are. And I assume by your public and financial endorsements you don't believe Joel, Victoria, uh, Joel and Victoria Osteen, Joyce Meyer, Christine Kane, Creflo Dollars, uh, Dollars, Creflo Dollar, or several others who seem to stand in direct contradiction with Scripture are either. Beth, if you are walking in the light of the Lord and as a biblical leader for so many years, are there any false teachers or antichrist in American evangelism that we should definitely avoid? If not you or the people you associate with, then who and why? I ask this graciously because if I am in error, 
then I need an example of what really does qualify as someone who tickles the ears of their followers with a fake gospel. Though there are a few other things, though there are a few other things I would like to ask, I realize this conversation can't last forever, so this is the last question I have for you that has deeply burdened me above all else. Unless you have anything I can answer for you, I sincerely appreciate the time you've taken to reach out to me. And that was the last, oh, and she signs, looking forward to your reply, Jess. Uh, that is the last email that Jess sent to Beth Moore, and that email, uh, as of tonight, January 24th, 2015, has gone unanswered. And this was emailed at least, uh, let's say, 10 days ago, nine days ago minimum, but about, about 10 days ago, at least 10 days ago. So uh, it's gone unanswered. Beth Moore did not respond to this. Because she can't. Uh, Beth Moore does acknowledge that there are false teachers. And she said in some of her public uh, statements, she said, of course there are false teachers. Of course they must be confronted. Well, when Jessica asked Beth Moore who these false teachers are, uh, for example, Joel and Victoria Osteen, are they false teachers? Well, Beth Moore can't say that they are. Why? Because Beth Moore has made public statements that she has worshipped at Lakewood Church, pastored by Joel Osteen. And Victoria, she's a co-pastor, supposedly. Uh, Joyce Meyer, Christine Kane, Creflo Dollar. Uh, all of these people Beth Moore has had associations with. And so Beth Moore cannot come out and call these people false teachers. Why? Because she herself has associations with all of them. And that is where the conversation dropped. Not a peep from Beth Moore regarding this. Why? Because she cannot. She is in a corner, and um, I think she knows it. At least she probably knows it now, at least on an intellectual level. And so um, Beth Moore, unfortunately, I, I think uh, she will not come out and make a bold statement. Uh, it's very easy for anybody with theological knowledge and, and discernment to call Joel Osteen a false teacher because he clearly is. It's very easy to call Joyce Meyer a false teacher because she clearly is. Creflo Dollar a false teacher because he clearly is. James Robison a false teacher because he clearly is. James Robison, by the way, is uh, the one with whom Beth Moore is such good friends, and she is on his program every Wednesday on TBN. They call it Wednesdays with Beth. James Robison is Word of Faith. He goes to the church pastored by Robert Morris, in uh, in uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, so she cannot come out and, and call these individuals false teachers. Why? Because she has very close associations with all of them. So she dropped the conversation. So that is sad for Beth Moore. So anyway, dear friends, I wanted to tie up those loose ends with Alex Malarkey and talk about Beth Moore some. Now, Lord willing, next week we will get back to our study on. Uh, rest for the weary. We've been walking through Matthew chapter 11 verses 25 through 30 and uh, I will we will definitely get back to that next week. Why do I know that for certain? Because right after I finish recording this program, I'm going to start the next week's program and I'm doing that. I'm going to get a couple of programs in the hopper because early in the morning I am flying out to the Philippines. I uh, will be flying from here to Seattle, Washington, Seattle to Tokyo, Tokyo to Manila in the Philippines, and I'll be in the Philippines for about the next 12 days or so. I'll fly back on February the 3rd, but I'm going to meet Mike Miller 
my friend and uh, board member with whom I went to Uganda in Africa a little under a couple years ago. So we're going to be in the Philippines preaching and teaching. And I really do covet your prayers for us as we are away. Uh, I pray, I, I want you to pray for us uh, that our that our teaching and preaching will bear fruit, that uh, the truth spoken will find fertile soil in people's hearts uh, to take root and grow. And we're really looking forward to this. I think there'll be a lot of pastors in attendance at some of these conferences. So possibility is there for a good multiplier effect, these pastors to take the truth that they learned, take that back to their own congregation. So uh, I'm looking forward to the trip. I would also ask that you pray for Mike's family and for my wife as we are away. Pray that God would uh, keep them comforted and uh, that his grace would be sufficient for them and uh, keep them protected in our absence. So uh, pray for us and our families. Oh, and uh, Mike's son, Jacob, is going to be going with us as well. He's going to be our mule. He's going to be carrying our bags and stuff like that. So uh, uh, looking forward to spending uh, some time with him as well. So thank you. And dear ones, uh, this update I've mentioned before, that my pastor and good friend Jim Osmond has written a book on spiritual warfare. The title of the book is Truth or Territory. And I'm happy to report to you that by the, by the time you listen to this program, Truth or Territory should be available in Kindle format. So go to uh, Amazon.com and look up Truth or Territory by Jim Osmond, and you should be able to buy that in Kindle format. I think the price is $4.99, something like that. There is a website. There's a website for the book, truthorterritory.com, and there's more information about Jim and the book. I'm really excited about this. Uh, he takes a lot of the common misconceptions about spiritual warfare, Binding Satan, rebuking Satan, uh, territorial spirits, um, uh, casting out demons, uh, hedges of protection, and, and things like this, exorcisms, and, and just dismantles all of these misconceptions and shows that true spiritual warfare is not a battle for territory. We're not trying to take back territory from Satan. It is indeed a battle for truth. So truth or territory dot Com. I encourage you to get that book. And uh, when I get back from the Philippines, I will be running a series of 11 programs on spiritual warfare. I've interviewed Jim and we have walked through some of those issues. So I'll be looking forward to that in the next series that we will do. And um, so that's what's coming up. So thank you very much, dear ones. Love to all of you. Thank you for listening. And until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to the Justin Peters program. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or would like to invite him to come and speak at your church or conference, contact him through his website, justinpeters.org. That's justinpeters.org.